Hey guys, just want to give you a quick reminder that the full recorded sessions from last week's workshop are now available on our website. They're going to be up until August 31st. So if you haven't seen it already, or maybe you just want to review, make sure you check it out. I'll throw a note in the show notes where you can go, but you can also head over to www.tier1trading.com and just click the banner that says Confident Trader Collective. Enjoy and make sure you plan accordingly because it's about 10 plus hours of training. So don't wait until the last minute. has to consider looking at each pair and how they behave because he may not he may because he might find a pair that he could trail further um, and with some other pairs he'll have to be more conservative yep each pair is gonna have a different personality Lord knows those daily chore testers have have uh, have experienced that I, I can't name one trader in there that hasn't been like a keel every time I do a filter it works for like these two pairs and then it makes these other five pairs worse <laughs> it's a great example of the different personalities that the, the market has. And keep in mind, which where it's always difficult to, to be a trend continuation trader in a market that typically consolidates. That's tough too. Forex market is, is more a much more consolidative market than say like your um your indices or something like that, or your stocks. Lots of bouncy bounce. Darren says, if it's the daily chore, then, yeah, that's the daily chore he's trading, yep. Then maybe when the two EMAs cross, it might be alarm bell for a rotation. Yeah, he can use, he can use other other ways of trailing. Um, The one, the, 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 the graph comparison that I showed you, that was using the ROC. It's the rock. Right, it was using the ROC as a trail function. So when the ROC crosses a certain level, you automatically take it out, or you can do the same with stochastics, the MACD, EMAs. Um, that's another way to trail as well. Is you can trail based off an indicator. So saying once the stochastics cross, blah blah blah, then I take out take it out at market. And again, that's, that's what I was using with that comparison. I used the ROC for that. Rate of change for you guys that are about to ask. Rate of change. What the hell is ROC? Jay-Z, Memphis Bleak, Dame Dash, Beanie Siegel, a million. But that, that's another method of, of trailing. And... What's cool, I mean, with, with those type of indicators, any indicator, you, you can tweak it to how how close or far you want to trail it by. So, like, let's say you're using a rate of change, you're using a rate of change at, like, a 14 period. I think that's the, the default. Um, it's going to give you a very big cushion before when it gives you that exit signal. Um, 
so that could be similar to like it's not going to be as big as waiting for a, a previous level structure to be violated, but kind of the same thing as a bigger a bigger window, more room for the the bigger trend to resume. If you use a smaller number like a two, it's going to be it's going to it's going to give you quicker signals. Um, so it's going to trail you out a lot quicker. Um, so if you're using indicators, the cool thing is, right, I think too many people default to the default, right? How many guys look at an indicator and you never change it from the default? Unless you're changing or never change it from the default or what Akil and Jason Greystone use. Probably not a lot of you, right? I know a lot of you don't, got, you don't use indicators in the first place, but typically you never change it. You're like, well, this is the default, so this must be the best. Um, very rarely is the default version actually the best. So this is where it goes back into kind of understanding and, and knowing how to read a price chart, right? Knowing how to just be a true trader in the market. You may, you've got to understand what adjustments you need to make based on what you want to, or what you want that indicator to tell you, right? If you want a, if you want a tighter, let's, let's give this an example, right? If you're using the RSI and you want quicker overbought and oversold signals because you're an aggressive trader, you've got to tighten that RSI up, right? You've got to go from an RSI 14 to an RSI 5. If you're more conservative and, you, and you're like, hey, I only want the, the, the really strong, right? The really important oversold, oversold and overbought um, signals, then you're going to loosen it up. You may use a 21. Same thing with your, your, your levels of... Um, oversold and overboughtness, right? Traditionally, there are seven, 70 and 30. If you want some something more aggressive, maybe you go 60-40. You want something more conservative, maybe you go 80-20. Maybe you go 90-10, right? So you're, you're tweaking it to match what you want. I think that, I don't, I think a lot of traders rely on the default because, I don't even wanna say because they're lazy, um, but because we assume that they're the default for a reason. We assume that they're the default because that's the best way to work. And that's not true. And if we think about it, and I thought that way for the longest time, you think about it, right? If they're the default and they're the best way for it to work, the best way for who, right? Do we all trade the same? Do we all share a same strategy and same philosophy? No, we're, we're all different. So why shouldn't our indicators be different? Right? You guys that follow me in the live room, you know I love me some range bar charts. Ooh, baby, right? Love me some range bar charts, right? I'm much more aggressive on the range bar charts. Range bar charts where I do majority of my, my, my day trading, my my, uh, my trend continuation trading, right? They are a, in my opinion, they're a more aggressive way of looking at the market. I want more aggressive entries. I'm very aggressive on the range bar charts. It's typically, they're low risk, right? My risk, my my. My stop losses are very tight, so I can be wrong a million times and be fine, right? But I use a five-period RSI there because I'm aggressive. Like I want that, I want that signal, and I want it quickly. I'm not too much worried about false signals because of just that's what I've accepted in my level of aggression. I've accepted more false signals for more opportunities to get involved in the market. You back me up to my swing trading on the four hour. I'm not like that. I still use a seven period, which is which is I think the, I think the RSI default is 14 or 13. I want to say probably 14. I still use a seven period, right? So it's a little bit it, it's it's closer, lower I guess than your default. So it still gives me more overbought and oversold signals, right? However, I do use an 80 and 20 
right? So I'm looking for, instead of 70-30, I'm looking for, I balance it out with looking for extremely overbought and extremely oversold conditions. I also want a, a more, I want recency bias, right? I don't necessarily care about the last 14 days, right? I, 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 more, I want more recency bias in my decision-making. So it's making, it's making that adjustment for what you want. You can, I mean, MACD, stochastics, rate of change, whatever you're using, you can do the same, moving averages, you can do the same thing, Bollinger Bands, Keltner Channels, right? Adjust them for what you want to accomplish. Now, easier said than done, right? Especially if you're a newer trader. <laughs> We're going to pick on Ed again because I love Ed's comment where it's like, hey, my first, my first week, man. Um, Ed's, Ed has no idea how to, I'm just assuming here, Ed, you never know, but I'm assuming Ed has no idea how to adjust the Keltner channel to, to what he wants as a trader, <laughs> right? So it takes time kind of knowing and playing around with things and, and takes, I mean, it takes a lot of trial and error. But over time, you know, you learn, you kind of learn kind of your trading style and what you're looking for and what you prefer and, and what you need to see. And then you can, you can start having a good idea of what complements it, right? Kind of like a coach working with an NBA player for a long time. Once you, you know, once you get them in for a few years, you start understanding what pieces to put around them, right? Give LeBron James shooters, right? Surround him with shooters. That's what he needs. He doesn't need another ball dominant person. Doesn't work, right? Surround him with shooters and people that can play defense. Three and Deers, right? Darren says, um, also, I have noticed when price starts to trade below um, the 50 EMA, then there's a potential of a rotation before the 20 and the 50 cross. It says stick in some numbers and we'll see what happens, right? Yeah. I mean, look, it's, yeah, play around with it. I was doing that thing the other day and, and, and I, again, with the, with the rate of change and I, I, I never even went that low, right? I usually, I usually go for, a, a, I think a 13 has been my go-to, maybe an eight, right? And I was like, I want to trail real tight. So I went to like a two and I was like, okay, too tight, too tight, too tight. Back on up, too tight, too tight. Hold on, too tight. So I went to a three and three worked out, right? Maybe you experiment with a four, right? It's, it's, if, if you're doing some, some deep testing like that, it's not even a bad idea and it's, it's, it's tedious, but have the same indicator up on your chart and just have different levels. So just again, sticking with the rate of change for an example, right? Have, have a, a, a two, four and a six up on your chart and just compare. And look at your opportunities and be like, oh, the two would have saved me, but the four would have kept me in, but the six would have this. And compare, compare, compare until you get that feel because you don't, you don't know. Now, the good thing is once you do it, it kind of stays in your mental log where it's like now I can, I can go back. Like I, I know what, based on what I want to accomplish, I know which indicators I should test. And once you kind of experiment with it, even if it's in a failed, a failed deal, even if you test something and it doesn't end up working, I now know where it's like, hey, if I want something that trails really, really tight, let's start off with a ROC3. So you always have it in kind of your, your, your mental log, which can be helpful in the future because you never know when you're going to need to break it back out. One of, one of the coolest things I learned in my trading was, you know, that RSI swap thing I do, right? That came from failed testing. I was testing something, I think on a range bar chart and like, it didn't work out, 
But the one thing that I noticed was like, hey, this this RSI swap thing, that that part works pretty, pretty good. And I was able to implement that into my normal trading. That's why I never believe that anything's like a waste of time. I don't believe in waste of time. Like if you can learn one thing and you never know when it's going to be useful, it may pop up five years from now. But I don't I don't believe experience is a waste of time. I, I believe experience is experience, even if it's failed experience. And, and, and one can argue you learn more from failed experiences than your than your successful ones. Because you probably work harder during your failures to try and get something to work. Um, but you don't notice those things until hindsight. That's that's the issue, right? Many people don't have the patience to wait two years and be like, hey, remember that thing I tried? Oh, yeah, that does work now. Uh, many people just disregard it if it doesn't work. They don't give it time. They, they bail. Um, but yeah. Yep, 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 yep. And again, this is talking to someone with like 13 years of experience in the market. So you would ask me this 10 years ago. I would have been